Hi, welcome to this Business Leader Breakthroughs mini-sode, where we highlight the best bits of a previous show episode. If you enjoy these quick insights and want to check out the full episode, you'll find the link in the show notes, or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. In the podcast today, we're going to be talking about our breakthrough learnings in using freelancing and outsource work. Uh, we've tried it in a lot of different projects, a lot of different forms, and some of them have been stellar successes, and others we put in the, what would we call it, the learning basket? That's right. Sometimes, you know, a big steaming pile of you-know-what, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but the point is to learn from it, and that's what this podcast is about. Absolutely. So maybe, Milana, give us some context why would organizations and why have we looked to outsourcing and freelancing as, a, as an option? So I think one of the main things is that, you know, you're really focused on growing your business or being able to do more with less. And you don't have to do it all yourself. We really look to how can we deliver what we want to deliver on without having the expense and the time of, of bringing people into our business on a permanent basis. And and sometimes it's because we don't know what we need yet. Yes. Um, so it's giving us a chance to, to evaluate what we do need and get that capacity and capability that we don't actually have in-house. Often the challenge around uh, hiring people on a full-time basis is we really want them to be amazing at everything. <laughs> Yeah. And we're lucky that many of our team are, are amazing at so many things, but you don't always get absolutely everything that you need. And this is one of the ways that freelancing and outsourcing can help us, right? Absolutely. Again, one of the, one of our big principles, what's fit for purpose? You have to think about what's the right level of success that you need. If it has to be 100%, then make sure you find the best resource. But in a lot of cases, it can be 80% and you deal with the exceptions mm. with your own time yes. and you save so much time and you can save so much money and mm. you create more growth in the business because you're working on the higher value stuff. Correct. So that's the number one one reason why you do outsourcing. Spot on. So are we going to talk uh, tips? Yes, let's yeah? let's talk. So um, I'm going to talk about it kind of right from the from woe to go. And um, I think the first thing is, is being absolutely clear on what work you need done. Uh, if you don't plan, you will fail. So the more you spend the time thinking through what's the scope of the work that you need to do, what are the skills, what are the capabilities that you require, what's their expertise that you need, you know, and the experience that they should have, what are the timelines, what are the estimated hour weeks. It sounds like a lot, but Think those things through and you will have a much better chance at the end of finding a person that is going to deliver on what you need. Because you can spend hours in the end afterwards trying to fix the mistakes or, or make somebody do what you need them to do, which you weren't clear on in the first place. So absolutely critical is thinking through those things. Yeah, clear expectations right at the beginning. And okay. so second to that is write the brief by actually writing those things down and having something to give to that person makes it absolutely clear. Because if you have it in writing that you said, I'm looking for this, these are the skills, and you also use it when you're filtering 
your freelancers, then again, you're going to be more likely to find the right pool of candidates in the first instance, and they're going to find you as well. There's literally thousands of people out there who say they can do their job, and some are desperate to do your job. And if you're not clear on the spec, you're gonna waste a lot of time either filtering through applicants that, that didn't meet the brief in the first place, or people who are desperate to get your job and, and they're going to apply and make it seem like they have the skills. Look, one of my top tips uh, when you're using freelance platforms is there's a couple of ways you can uh, post jobs typically on these platforms. You can write your brief, put it on the platform and go, who wants to do it? Or you can look through people that are listed on the platform and identify who you would like to do the job. So I find that a really uh, good way to do it. And I look at things like, do you have the skill sets that match? How many five-star ratings do you have on the, on the site? How many hours have you logged on the site? So I'm looking typically for people that have done hundreds of hours of, of work. For me, the hundreds of hours of work tends to be an indicator that this is how they work, rather than someone that's doing a bit of a side hustle after after work or something of that, that nature. And then once I've identified a small group, normally like five or six people, I can then have the ability to contact them directly and go, here is my job brief. Would you be interested in doing the work for us? Yeah, that's a great tip. The other thing I learned, and this was a hard learned lesson, was to ask lots of questions. Don't assume anything, because helping to look at the ratings, to helping to look at the hours worked and those things tells you about their experience. But asking questions gets to who they are and also how they communicate. And communication is huge. And if they're not answering your questions satisfactorily, that's gonna, again, be a red flag to you that you might have difficulties working with them later. So the time zone pace around communication. So um, I have hired people that worked on pretty much the opposite time zone um, and it can work. Again, just think about is, are your timelines tight? Do you need to have somebody who can respond? And how much communication do you need that might be in real time? And if you need that, then having some overlap of your working hours and theirs is critical. And if it is critical, test it before you need it. Another key thing is to have a budget. So everybody's gonna ask you how much you're willing to spend. You actually have to have a budget in mind. One thing, you know, it's always tempting to find the cheap option. You're not likely to win unless, again, it's that low risk. The cheapest is literally because it's it's low ca capability and you can just go and do it. If you're looking for expertise, make sure they have the expertise, but expect to pay a fair price. And it is a fair price um, for what work they're doing. And think about building a relationship that's gonna last the distance with the, these people. I mean, some of our freelancers have become really critical parts of our team. So if you set out to uh, screw them on price, you're going to get a level of service that is uh, congruent with that approach. And I think a overarching tip from me here would be if the only reason you're going to an outsourcing model is to try and do it cheaper, I think you're going to fail. Uh, when you look at it as a way to have uh, expertise in the business, expertise that you don't necessarily need full time, that you can have on demand resource, you know, those are really great reasons to outsource. Just simply going for getting it done cheaper, I think you're on a tough uh, road. So if you're running into challenges in the process, if you, you know, the project's not going as well as you hope, what are, what are some things that we can do to manage that? Communication, it comes down to really. Um, nice. And there have been times 
times where I've I've gone, oh, I probably wasn't clear enough. And so being responsive, giving them a chance to ask questions, responding to them and making sure that that you have that dialogue so that they can progress as well. Because, you know, as a client, you also have to be responsive to them. Um, so there is there is that bit. But I think that the big lesson I learned is it all comes down to spending the time in writing the good brief, evaluating candidates and picking the right candidate. Because when you get to the point where it's really not working, you really shouldn't settle and you should just cut your losses and move on. Because in the in the <laughs> virtual world, um, you will you will frustrate yourself to no end of trying to make it work with someone who it's not working with. So don't settle. Be picky and cut your losses when it's really not working and move on.